Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Q, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to get the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Roll with the topic, sorta of like the rubber with game talent like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The four for twenty-six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What's good out there, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports and the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my bro. Got Jimmy the Blueprint up in the building. What up, Jim? My bad, yo. I was on, I was on mute. Didn't want to mess the sound up, but I'm good, King. How are you? Jim uh, not used to me coming to them so early in the intro. <laughs> I was trying yeah, to mix yeah, it up. It's all yeah, good, no man. Doubt. But everybody out there, uh, well, before I get into that, B. Austin will be with us uh, shortly. He's handling some some world financials right now. You know, sometimes we can't be on the air. We got to handle the important stuff. Um, but fans, you guys are the most important to us. So we have to hold it down. The Major League Baseball season is about a week old. Number four is here. And the NBA playoff pitch shaping up so keep it locked right here for the next two hours because we're going to talk about everything that's happening in the world of sports or everything that we care about and if you want to get in on the conversations yourselves make sure you sign in right now aw philly realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room or you can join us on facebook or twitter at war room sports you can also call directly in about five minutes when we open up the digital tech hotline that number as usual three two three one we get started like we do every week. Make sure during the week you're chilling, you're working, you're at your desk, you're a little bored, and we're not live on the air. You can check out archive episodes of our WarroomSports.com, the Warroom Sports mobile app, which is free. iTunes, TuneIn, Breaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google. Most places you do your podcast listening, we will probably show up. Jim, what up, man? What up, Blueprint? And we lost another young king this week. How's this Nipsey yeah, thing man. affecting you? How, you know, has this one hit you? Like, I mean, I know I, you can't compare anything to Christopher Wallace because dude was like our wasn't even back then. But how's this one hit? Yeah, you? honestly, cause this might be right there with that, and believe it or not, might even be worse. I don't know about worse because Biggie was like a shock because I mean, both of them are shocks. This this hit me real hard, like. I really got emotional over this. Just because, and the funny, crazy part about this one is, it really had nothing to do with music. Biggie was my favorite right. rapper. Like I grew up in the hip hop culture, so huge fan of rap music and hip hop culture in general. And Biggie was and is my favorite. This is something else. Like I, I mess with Bull on a whole different level. Not even like musically. Not that I didn't like his music because I did like his music, but um, the things he was doing, the things he preached, is like literally. What I try to do. So for me, I related to it on a whole different level, and um, just the way it happened. Like the whole thing was just sad, unnecessary, um, hurtful. And then like you know, when Biggie happened, we didn't have social media. So also Tupac as well. When you 
see some of the comments and stuff. It's like, yo, this started getting irritating. So I went through a range of emotions. Like, and the honestly, I still am. Like, it's hard to even go online these days because of um, you know, all the stories of things that this young man was doing. Um, it's just crazy. And what's crazy to me is like, it makes me look at every entertainer, like the way they are like hailing him and praising him. But I'm like, yo. I don't hear none of y'all saying that we need to be doing the same work. You know what I mean? Like, they're all thinking, <laughs> oh, man, such a great guy in the third life. But y'all are in the same position that, you know, he was. But the difference is he was out there doing the work. I mean, he even, you know, I just saw a story today that the reason he was there with our security and all that is because he was helping someone who just came home from prison and didn't have any clothes. He was giving them clothes. That's why he was there. So he was there helping somebody when all this happened. So it's just like this one definitely has affected me um, more than I think it would, like, when you think about, like you said, what Biggie meant to us, and even Tupac. But the thing about Tupac was, I really didn't appreciate Tupac until he was gone, to be honest with you, because I like I did like some of his songs, but Pac was a revolutionary. And the crazy part about that is how I relate this to, to Nipsey is, a lot of the things that Pac talked about doing, he was tangibly doing. That's, That's exactly crazy. what I was about to say. Because like you said, Pac, Pac was a revolutionary. You know, mostly with the words and the ideals, Nick Nipsey was actually an activist, and he was, you know, putting boots to the ground with a lot of the type of stuff Pac was saying. That's exactly what I was thinking as well. It's funny because Tupac, Tupac has that famous quote, and it's like, it really came to fruition. Like, I might not do it, but I'm going to spark the mind. And Nipsey always talks about Pac's influence on him, so that came to light. And the crazy part is, I'm pretty sure because of the way I see things going down, this will inspire others. I hope it inspires others to carry on this man's legacy. I mean, I know there's a debate going on now, and, oh, you got to just leave everybody and worry about yourself, like, you know, the, the selfish thing that's out there. But I'm like, that's not a way to iron this man. This man, like, is changing lives. Lord knows how many lives he's actually changed. Like, some of the stuff coming out, we didn't even know about in terms of, like, paying for people's funerals, putting people through college. But just really like um stories that came out that I didn't even know about. Um yeah. and shame that this had been you know, so crazy. I think the only and the crazy part is out of all the rappers is me. I think the only other ones that probably would have affected me this way like um my play cousin Killer Mike or, or maybe David Pan or something like that. Outside of like those three cats, or maybe T I there's only a couple cats that would have really have affected me this way, and it's like, damn, all the Lils and you, and that's no disrespect to them, but I'd have been like, damn, that's messed up. But this thing <laughs> really sat with me for, you know, it sat with me. Because here's the thing, I never like to see anybody lose life, and over the last, like, couple of years, a lot of people in the entertainment industry have lost their life, but none of them affected me like this. Let's put it that way. Yeah. No, this, this one's different. I mean, that's a lot of people who probably didn't know the type of stuff Nipsey did outside of calling himself a rapper until, you know, three days ago after he was killed. Like, I see a lot of people, um, I personally know, you know, you've probably never even heard of Nipsey Hussle, but I'm not mad at people for mourning him and learning about him now. I mean, you would rather people, yeah. you know, like like Nori always say, people get their flowers while they're here, but, but, but the only way for his legacy possibly to live on you know, is for the people that still get down with what he was trying to do and and make it actually live on. So, you know, I'm not mad at her. There's a lot of people there fighting and arguing like, oh, I, I don't yo, even I know who he was. Dude. How y'all mourning that, this dude? Yeah, that yo, <laughs> that bothers me to no end. Like, you can't tell somebody how to feel. Like, 
You never can tell somebody how to feel about anything. And, I, you know, as you mature and you grow and you learn, that's one thing I learned. I can't tell somebody how to feel. Like, right. and even if, if you learn his story, even if you know him, though, what's wrong with mourning somebody, especially somebody that you heard, life. was a really good dude? Like, okay, we lost another good dude. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know him, but oh, that's Yo, that, you don't have to know him and all that. Like, in the in same so um, it's crazy because I have people that live in L.A. Like, I, I, I don't know him, but it, there's definitely a six degrees. I know people that know him. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, my one homie that like, really knows him was unconsolable to the point where, like, cats had to, like, text him because he just, like, disappeared offline altogether. Um, but at the I'm same sure time, right. I know people I know people that um, literally uh, just found out, and I've seen, like, some of them in tears, and I'm like, damn, that's messed up, but that also shows you his impact. What really, what really showed me his impact outside of the people coming out saying what I saw the LAPD give a news conference, and was cops up there breaking out in tears. I'm like, yo, when is the last time the LAPD shed a tear for a gang member? Like, that's crazy. And the guy was they were supposed like, to know, have a, a sit-down the day after addressing yeah, gang violence. Um, so he was doing yeah, so like, like for me, like I, I wasn't, like I actually knew Nipsey more for stuff outside of uh, hip-hop. Like, I mean, but yeah, I, but I still consider a lot of that stuff a part of the culture. So I so not really outside of hip hop, outside of rapping, outside of him being a rapper. Yeah. Um yeah. while I thoroughly enjoyed his album that came out in twenty eighteen, like what I knew about Nipsey was about clothing and, you know, the stuff that he was doing in the hood to, to basically make the hood a better better place. That's what I actually knew about the dude. I I really yeah. wasn't up on Nipsey when he was putting out all the mixtapes and that kind of stuff. Like I said, mm-hmm. really the first time that I got an in-depth um, display of what he could do as an MC was on the debut album that came out last year. But yeah, I, I knew Nipsey for totally different because reasons. I, I, I remember you. And I also knew him as the dude I always thought looked like Snoop. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like Snoop's son. I, I remember... Um, <laughs> In the group chat when it came out, like you listened to it, and then you like said something like a week later, like yo, I'm actually still like you was kind of with the shot. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm still, still banging this Nipsey. <laughs> know, no, what was gonna happen to him, man? But, but rest in and, power. And for those listening, young thing. <laughs> for those listening, y'all don't know how crazy it is. Don't listen to nothing made um like post ninety nine. Dev, Dev stopped my so for Dev right. to listen to somebody, you know, in the in the ten, that's like that's an accomplishment right there. That shows you. Like, I am you know, the you got some skills. <laughs> Off my lawn, uh, rector of membership. Like, if you want to get off my lawn, gang, you gotta come sign up with me. Yo, like Jimmy said, like, like, come to a place now where, you know, if I get the suggestion, the recommendation from somebody I trust, uh, Jimmy, the tissue and the tape dude, you know, my circle. I'm going to give everything a chance that they're going to, that they tell me about. But for me to come back to them when nobody's talking about it and I'm like, yo, I'm still banging this. Like people eyes pop out of their head. Yeah, that's what? something. <laughs> and the crazy so, part yeah, is I, like I, the one thing about like the, the, uh, the other thing is it was interesting to me about is how popular Dr. Sabi is becoming. Um, the conspiracy theorists the conspiracy, out there, boy. Yo, yo the conspiracy, <laughs> the conspiracy, and that's the thing. That's why I know that his legacy will be on pop level because Pac has more conspiracies like in, in our lifetime. I'm pretty sure there's like right. you know all these conspiracies and all those kind of things. But in our lifetime, Pac conspiracies are crazy. But 
Nipsey always right. on his heels for Because everybody, stuff. you know, you got um, the, the you got the Pac was killed over political stuff. Pac was killed over musical stuff by the dudes that he worked with. Pac was killed by Puff. Pac was killed because he was a revolutionary. Yo, like Pac was killed for a lot of reasons. And then you have the conspiracy yo, Pac was, that Pac was never killed. <laughs> yo, I mean, yeah, shout yeah, out to him. You do got a, you, yeah, do yeah. got a uh, yo. IG account. <laughs> yo, he got, verified yeah, he got, Twitter. He got a, uh, he got a verified, verified Twitter account. But yo, <laughs> to the point where we said Pac got, Pac got shot by, um, set up by Shug. He also got shot in on this shooting. But somehow, that's a conspiracy too. <laughs> And, and the crazy part Pac is, got like, killed again, for a lot of reasons by a lot of different people. Another another thing that this let me know is like if I'm talking to homies out of LA, it's like LA uh, the key street in politics. I, LA street politics are like literally something that I don't understand. Like even coming from the hood, LA street politics is different. It's just different. Like I had people explain yeah. certain stuff to me, even during this, and even with the pop stuff, like. My homies are LA. They they knew about twenty years ago. Like it's not even like what they laugh at the conspiracies and the movies and stuff. They're like everybody out here know what happened to them. But the way they exchange <laughs> street politics to LA, it's like yo, that's a whole different culture, whole different everything. But um, this man, this is sad. This is going to sit with me for a while, man. Um, but I just hope that this inspires more people. Cause um, the, the thing about it is he was very inspiring in his lyrics and in his interviews. When you see someone with when their interviews are like trending crazy to me, when you see someone opening up STEM, like STEM centers in the hood, that's um science, you know, technology and math. Cause I heard someone say that Nipsey was working on STEM cell. And I was like, yo, I just ignored it. But it was a uh, actual <laughs> <laughs> STEM center. Dude, working on STEM cell. That's what I'm saying, man. People will repeat anything and they half know what they're repeating. Nipsey was in the lab but on the <laughs> You know, the crazy part is that when people came up with the, the Sabi interviews, I was like, honestly, if I was, and everybody knows I love conspiracy theories, but if I was to believe one, it'd be more about that than it would be him putting Dr. Sabi out there because Dr. Sabi stuff is all on YouTube. I'm like, right. so a lot of people should really? be getting murked if it was about spreading Dr. Sabi stuff. Cause... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, the other stuff he was doing, the other stuff to me he was doing might even be more revolutionary. Putting kids in engineering and math, like, that's how you really change the like you start with the kids, you put them in a position that uh, it's just just changed. So, man, definitely sad, man. Um, it, it affected our world of sports, you know, because we are a sports show, but it affected our world of sports. We see, but rest in power to that young man, and uh, you know, salute to his family because reading his uh his like reading her message like broke me down again. Like I was chilling, and I was like, oh damn. <laughs> so, All right, me... but anyway, man, rest in power to the young king, man. No doubt. Let me switch. Oh, uh, you got cats listening. I'm here. No, I was, I was switching. I was getting some feedback saying that my mic was choppy. So let me uh switch to something else. Anyway. So shout out, shout out to our listeners in the West Coast too. Cause I know we got a bunch of them. So shout out to y'all. But I'm not sure y'all uh no y'all feel it out there a whole lot different. So shout out to y'all. All right, well, let's get into some sports. Let's get into some hot topics. Hot topics, of course, are brought to you by MyBookie. Um, real quick, let's talk about how much money you can make betting on sports at MyBookie. As we all know, the NBA and NHL seasons are into their final stretches. The Final Four is here this weekend. So, you know, if this is payday, if it's, you know, about to be Friday night, just got paid, I know what I'm talking about. 
you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is a great time to do that. You can lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. You could join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. If you're tired of getting a runaround from all of those other betting services when it's time to get paid, we urge you to join my bookie. Give them a try. You win, they pay fast. No hassles, no runaround. You're basically wasting your time betting anywhere else. The service even has live in-game betting, so you can place wagers even after the game starts. So join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. So just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. Now, speaking of the Final Four, as we said, the Final Four is now here. Shout out to B. Austin, who's now on the line. On, on the, uh, he's on with us. Um, the Final Four is here. The the tournament, Jim and B, I think for a, for a long while the tournament was going as 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 chalk as you could possibly imagine an NCAA tournament going. Um, but then things in the the final eight basically began to fall apart. So we got uh, number one seed Virginia, and this is probably the number one seed that people would have envisioned the least amount of people would have envisioned Virginia being the one seed to last this long, um, especially after being upset in the first round last year by the 16th seed. Um, they're going to play number five Auburn in the first semifinal. And then the two seed Michigan State is going to play the three seed Texas Tech in the second one. Um, any surprises here for you guys? Like, you know, I know we weren't deep into everything this year. Um, um, I didn't even fill out a bracket. But just still seeing how things shook out, like, it, it, it turned out to be kind of interesting to me. So, you know, we're going to see how well, this goes. Everybody, Auburn losing everybody. a very important player and still getting it done. What do you guys think? All Everybody's in shock with the exception of Michigan State. Because Michigan State's that team that, like, I see a lot of they people always win mess every up year. The just show. Of, yeah, just because of how. <laughs> yo, they come, they, yo, they come to shut it down. Like, whether invited yeah, or not. Like, outside of that, though, outside of it's all a surprise. And to be honest, I feel like um bought into the hype because I honestly don't even care no more now that Zion's gone. Um, right. So, <laughs> like, I'm like the casual fan at this point. I'm like, Zion's gone. Like, who cares now? But at the same time, man. Salute to uh, Michigan State because they played a tough game. Auburn was shocking once their player went down. I'm like, yo, um, and I, this is like their first Final Four. Um, crazy, right? Because they're a football school. I'm like, yo, they throw touchdowns. They don't, they don't score buckets. But uh, <laughs> Texas Tech, and, and, and this, this shows like I probably should have did more homework. I was looking at some people's pools, and I know a lot of people actually had Texas Tech as like a super team. I'm like, what do they know that I don't know? But, yeah, um, dude, Texas Tech has the highest margin of victory in the tournament. They they're beating teams by an average of fifteen points. Um, yeah, they molly got so, you know, squad. They in there, they in there about that business. But back, like y'all, like y'all said about Michigan State, it's like Michigan State is a major program, probably one of the better college basketball coaches of all time, and Tom Izzo. But every season, you still look at them as like a giant killer when they get this far, and all. And there's a lot of seasons when they get, you know, to the Final Four to the Elite Eight um, or something like that. And that's because, like, um, he doesn't recruit. He doesn't get the same kind of talent. I was just that, about to yeah. say Tom Izzo, 
Tom Izzo goes to the Larry Brown School of Talent. He doesn't believe in getting right. talent. He wants you to play the right <laughs> like, way. Like yeah, anybody, but he coaches that talent, and you know a lot of them are staying around to like their junior, senior. I mean, junior season at least. So it's always do? good in the tournament to have that mix of veterans to play with your young guys, and they Man. always I think the last, kill the Giants. The last top recruit Michigan State got was like Irvin Johnson, like and then after Sean Westford, like Sean Westford, Sean Westford. No, remember when they were Trying to big up yeah. Mateen Cleaves. And he was like, yo, Mateen Cleaves ain't going to be ish in the league. And sure enough, he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, Drake, they got they got Draymond holding down now. But uh, but the thing is, they seem like so that's why it kind of gets a look. But at the same time, when you start playing with Jews, it changes things in the tournament, man. Like, that experience, man, it's crazy. But no, seriously, said, before Draymond, who was – and Draymond – He's basically a star by proxy now. You know, he's he he making a lot sure. of all-star yeah. teams because he's the glue to the talented team that he plays with, so he gets a lot of credit, which Absolutely. I think is well-deserved hey. glue credit. Absolutely. If you're, if but you're before guy, Draymond, like, who was the last, who was the last, um, Eric Snow, like, Eric real baller? I'm, I'm thinking, I'm talking about in the NBA, not in college, in the NBA. I'm thinking Morris oh, Peterson. Okay. Um Mo, Mo no, P had Mo a pretty P. good NBA career for a while. Um, he had a quick he moment. Sc- he was he was cool, but yeah, he can get buckets on you. Uh, I don't know, dog. I don't even know. <laughs> I know we're forgetting Magic. somebody because because we super exaggerating it, but <laughs> but I can't think Yo, of it. Somebody out there got to tell me. I'm like Mo P. Somebody out there got to tell us. And then Draymond. <laughs> like like who else was <laughs> really? I mean, a lot of them dudes, you know made it to the league. You know, they had a lot of Flint dudes from there, you know, Mo Pete, uh, Charlie yeah. Bell, um, Mateen Cleave, who, like B said, didn't really do anything in the league. Yeah, he was but... a legend out there, though. Yeah, yeah. I played us over Mateen, but, yeah, no, Charlie Bell, I forgot about Mo Pete and Charlie Bell. I remember Mo Pete most for getting burned by two, but he was kind of nice. <laughs> Yo! How about Denzel Valentine? Nah, I thought about him. I, I didn't like how he looked. Yeah, I don't, he don't look like trash. a basketball player to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't acknowledge him. Alright, so what's y'all um, what's y'all predictions? You get a you get a reset for the final four. Zach Randolph was from Michigan State. Zach was from Michigan State. Okay. Um, I know. Also, I'm sitting thinking like Zach Randolph back in the day, and also um. Jordan Bull, uh, 23. He played for the Warriors. Oh, oh the, the Hops Bull. Um, Richardson? Jason Richardson. Played Richardson. for the Sixers when he got old, too. Yeah, dunk contest winner. Think twice. Yeah, and and the fake-ass magic uh, Steve Smith there, too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking it way back now. I was <laughs> He's taking it way back to Smitty. That's all I can think about. That's all I can think about, dog. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, dog. So what we named, like, seven dudes in the last 35, 40 years? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Michigan State, though, man. Michigan State always no. in the mix. No. Next, next to Magic, next to Magic, the best out of there is what? Zach Randolph or Smitty? Which one? Mopey. I'll probably say Smitty. <laughs> I didn't say Ron Mexico. Smitty was dumb nice. Like Smitty, Smitty is an overrated player. I mean, underrated player in the grand scheme of things. He was dumb he, nice. He's a 
underrated. Yeah. He definitely underrated. That's because he was slow. He was slow as hell. Smitty That's can well. play. He could play at least three positions too. He could run the one. Yeah. Um, spent yeah. most of his time at the two. He was a slow. He was a slow two guard. A big point Yo, guard. My man. And could run at the three. Might have been a little too soft to play the four back in his day. <laughs> Yo, my man Smitty. Smitty reminds me of Julian Smith. Shout out to Julian Yo. Smith. But, uh, Smitty reminds you of Smitty. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Smitty and Julian Smitty. <laughs> Yo, but uh, Steve Smith Beans. was like underrated in the grand scheme of things. His Hawks base is killing cats. Yeah, with his little slow ass move that nobody could Yo, guard. Yo, yeah, that one move he gets you. He's like, take turn around and go right around you. Yo, I saw somebody anyway. do a fake, fake turnaround the other night and got somebody, like, real good. Yo, he, he did a fake show. Smitty. I gotta, I gotta Smitty's move is already a fake. So how do you do a fake, yeah. fake? And Yo, it was nice. I I got to remember who it was. I got to go on YouTube and see if, YouTube, I can find see if somebody put it together. I got to somebody put together a Smitty compilation, man. I need to see that. But um. So what's, yeah, what's y'all, you know, you get a Final Four reset. How's it going to go down this weekend? Because we know the Virginia... Auburn game, you know, that's, Virginia is a defensive team. Um, that's going to be like a game, a pace game. Like, yeah. they're probably going to be slow and methodical in how they play that game. Um, I can't see, like, Virginia, you expect them, you expect them to choke. Um, but you expected them to do that already. But at this point, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. The way they murking teams, I might have to go with Texas Tech. On that one, and on the other side of the bracket, like, do you go against Michigan State <laughs> at this point? Because the Michigan State is one of those teams. Once they get this far, they kind of. I'm I'm tri- I'm tripping because Michigan State is playing Texas Tech. Um, yeah, I was about to say. All, I, I, my bad. I meant all, I meant to say Virginia and Auburn is going to be the the pace game. Um, yeah. So on, I'm on that Virginia. one, I'm Virginia. I, 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 I was about Virginia to say, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to take Virginia too because I'm still waiting for Auburn to kind of have that slip up because of, uh, you know, the loss that they took. But at the same time, Auburn, to me, they don't play great basketball. I think they're going to live and die by the three. And Virginia's going to play better defense than every other team yes, that they, they've played. Yes, so, sir. I got Virginia and Texas Tech because Auburn is going to shoot themselves right on out of it. <laughs> yeah, because you know, in some of those games, they they had, you know, they had that ebb and flow of basketball where, for a while, they couldn't buy a bucket, and then they get hot and they couldn't miss a bucket. Yo, at so, some point, yeah, you're gonna, I, at some point, you're gonna go into the into the armory. And you're gonna grab the broke Mac that don't spray right. And I think that it's it's yeah. a broke Mac spray right game coming up. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with damn, it's hard to go against Michigan State, man. It's hard to go against it Michigan is. State. I mean uh, I'm but thinking, I think I'm, I'm going to. Zion, I'm gonna go Virginia I'm Texas Zion Tech. With everything. <laughs> I got I got Virginia versus Texas Tech and on Monday night I'm gonna go with Texas Tech to be the national champions. Uh, that's my story, that's and I'm sticking man. to it. <laughs> I'm so messed up that I'm sitting there thinking of the fact that the last Texas Tech game I watched, they uh, went to the first, but my man Nipsey was on there. That's either here or there. Um, in terms of Texas Tech versus Michigan State, I think I'm going to take Michigan State. I take Michigan State to play Virginia. Um, 
You usually shoot and, yourself in the foot when you go against Michigan State in these situations. Yeah. It's so well yeah. coached. So I'm going to take Michigan State versus uh, Virginia. And here's the crazy. I'm going to pick Virginia to win the whole thing. Uh-oh. Defense prevails. <laughs> That's crazy, right? See. It's crazy how, like, without, if I say that, people be damn. And I'm like, yo, they're number one seed, though. I know. And and it's been that the last couple of seasons. How you know what I see, but nobody believes in you? <laughs> yo, once they see you lose to that 16, like nobody believes in you. Yeah, it's think. like, yo, it's a whole year pass, but they you take taking Virginia to win the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Man, Zion going to win, really, because that's all everybody care about. Like, I just knew Zion <laughs> was going to be here on the, playing in the Final Four talking about it. You look so beautiful. <laughs> Zion, you know, game trash. Um, not his basketball <laughs> game, but I don't know. But one person thinks his that, game though. might be a little trash. Uh, Gilbert Arenas, you know, he gave some some. Const- I think it was constructive criticism of of Zion Williamson. There's a lot of people out there who are upset with Gilbert, um, calling him a hater, saying that he's wrong. But he was having a conversation about Zion Williamson, and he kind of doesn't see his game translating to the next level like a lot of people uh, actually see it right now. Here's one of the quote. Here's a quote from what he said. He said, mm-hmm. "A six-six power forward. You're undersized. You're 285. Sounds amazing, but in reality." If I say, well, he's Westbrook's height and Shaq's rookie weight, people start saying, oh, that's not good. At 6'6", 285, you haven't posted up at all. You never posted up in high school. When you go to the next level, what position do you play? You have this great phenom player that has no true skill. So do y'all see any lies in what Gilbert no, said? No. No chill Gil, a.k.a. This is a position. Oh, hold on real quick. This is this is a situation where both sides of the argument have very valid points and there's not really a wrong perspective because everything Gilbert said, he was being objective. And you recall from him being here in in, in D C Dev, I know you, you kinda you can kinda recall it. I wish Brother Dayon was, was on. Gilbert is a basketball nerd. Like he's yeah. literally like he's a nerd. He's a nerd. So dude will sit around and watch tape they, and analyze they games. They open up the for arena fun. for him because he didn't ever want to get off the basketball court. But I be also the, think the then MCI center at night shooting around. Yeah, shoot, shoot. he literally. Yo, Jimmy, the boy used to have toots come through to like after his personal private practice. Like I ain't gonna say how I know that, but yo, not at the practice I facility believe, though, but at the arena. <laughs> like, I, on, I believe I, I think he's he's on to something, but now the game is evolving so fast that if there's ever been a time where Zion's skill set fits, it sits now at six 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 seven. If if he loves the game the way that I it, I perceive him to love it, first of all, they're not going to let him play at two eighty five. They're going to run that baby fat off of him. I can see him playing at 260, 255, getting in shape. He's a, he's a, he's a very good passer. I can see him being Draymond Green 3.0, like skip the 2.0 and make him 3.0. And, and, and gives score. A Draymond that can, that can score. And, and getting 
that jumper together. Now, his shot, I've heard a lot of his fans and fanboys say, oh, man, it's great. No, the ball can't shoot. You go to the free throw line, and he'd be bricking. So, but I I see Gilbert's point. But some of the things that he was even talking about from a skill from a skill perspective, guys like guys like Zion don't do that anyway. They don't run off curls. They don't run off pin downs. He's not a pure shooter anyway, unless that's what he wanted his game to be. Then he would have to put the gym work in. But I don't think that will hold him back. Go ahead, Jimmy. My bad for cutting you. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. I was just saying that. Time will tell, because it depends to me, it depends upon how hard Zion wants to work. And it's also a thing where it is weird because of who's delivering the message. Like, listen to some of Gilbert Arenas' podcast and um, hear him talk online or what have you, and unless your name is Jordan, Kobe, or AI, he don't think nobody else can play the game of basketball. Like, <laughs> he definitely don't. Yo, so unless you want an entry guy, y'all all stink. So that's like, so that's that's kind of like the, the, messenger, the messenger kind of like sometimes the message, but also, um, I do think that it was constructive for him. He didn't seem like he was trying to be insane. And so, and I think right. things that he said, he's not the first person to say them. I mean, I think right. Dev said it on our show like weeks ago. Like, so it didn't think it was groundbreaking, but it's it's just that who it was coming from. But again, like I, I think the messenger is is a thing. But I also think watching Zion play it, I guess it depends upon where the bar is set, right? So, some people are in the next LeBron. Like they're setting the bar so high that I don't even know how you live up to that. Like to me, right. just watching him play, he can get double digit boards in a season. Well, he, he should with his athletic ability. Even if he doesn't game. get double digit so, boards, at least I will be very disappointed. So not a question like, is if he's a guy that gives you like fifteen and thirteen, is that a is that a fail? Like. What, what's no. success I don't think so, especially in a rookie year. 15 and 13 will get you the trophy. Not not, not the trophy, the rookie of the year trophy. Um, I, I, I think like, Gilbert, I think his criticism was very games. fair. Huh? What if he never becomes a 20-a-game score? Because the one thing I like about Zion, and it seemed to change in the tournament because it seemed like his teammates was uh, playing like punks, but during the course of the season, watching him play the whole season, um he played within the flow of the game. So right. he's at, a, at a professional level and it's more difficult to get a shot off. I don't see him forcing it unless he falls victim to the, uh, you the first pick and you, just, you know, starts falling victim to the ball. That's, a, that's but, um, the thing, Jim. If he doesn't become like a 20-point scorer, of course you're going to have people out there. I mean, with the hype that he's getting, I think he has to become a 20-point scorer to, to be that, to live up to that hype. But if he doesn't, and he's still clearing double-figure rebounds. He's still blocking shots. He's still doing a bunch of other things. Like he's going to be successful. But you know the the bar that we've set for number one picks, and I don't really understand why that bar is there because number one picks been a long time since number one picks have had that yeah, immediate guaranteed impact that you know a lot of them did back in the day. I, I don't know, but I think Gilbert's – I think his criticism was fair. I think it was pretty correct. The only thing that I would disagree with is kind of the finite tone of what he was saying. Like, he has plenty of time – yeah, he has plenty of time to, you know, learn the things that he doesn't know, to, to, to gain a part of the skill sets that he doesn't have. But the, for Yo. the people that say he's hating and they're like, oh, man, he's a great passer. He played point guard in high school. No, like, well, no, everybody no. was good. 
plays point Barry, guard in high school because it's high yeah. school. With the passing, he's a good, he's a very good passer. He's not otherworldly. He's not a passer that we haven't seen before. He's a good, he's a good passer. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I feel your, both of your points. And I guess also I have to consider how much, of the way I evaluate new talent is my old man get off get off my lawn, John, because I'm like, I have a problem with anyone. I have a problem with any young boy that's his size that has no post moves. Like, you can't, like, you can't be that size and not be able to go to the block and have at least one move and one counter. You don't even have to have two Why or three not? moves. I'm going to say, well, not. The, be- the best player Zion's in the world. Zion's just going to post and put his body and on you and just moves. turn. <laughs> he just jumps and like, turns. Like, like, literally, the guy who's been the best player in the league in the last decade and a half has no post moves. So we're yeah, in here nowhere. I've had a problem with, like, I make fun of LeBron because he can't post up a small Puerto Rican guy. Like I have a problem with that. Like you're, you're not. You're not I can't. I hear you. I hear you. But but here's what you gotta understand. Like I watch basketball every night, right? Nobody has post moves, and you're almost penalized for trying to do post moves in the league now. They've legislated yeah. post moves out of the game, so it's like all them little soft calls they be putting on Embiid because he punishing somebody in the post. No, I think I they're trying to legislate post-game post out of the league, personally. I think they're trying to legislate it out of the league. That's what I, yeah, you that's can't what I'm even saying. bank for position. Like, that's what I'm saying. Post- They've legislated it out of the game, so what's the point of having a post-move? If you're a wing coming to the league now, you better be able to uh, play off of the pick and roll. Like, there's no post-move no more. That's dead. Um, yeah, I mean, but if you look at a Joel Embiid, like, when it comes Joel down to it, late, late in most games, like, he can take you down there and punish you, you know, if the refs are – are being fair about things. And, he, you know, he, he's taking the Sixers home plenty of games with his post moves. But he, he, he is so basically crazy, a dinosaur right? when he goes down there. And he won't be consistent with it because he always feels he can hit you with six straight post moves and score every time, and then he's going to come down and shoot a three just because he feels like that's what he has to do. <laughs> like, dudes, you can score Yo, anytime you want down there. But he feels the need to come here's out and thing, dribble, right? do crossovers, and turn the ball over. I'm looking at number one picks, right? So last year was DeAndre Ayton, um, and I think that he's going to be a good player. He's actually a, a solid player, but but if you look at his numbers, though, right, he's one of those guys double digit score points and double digit rebounds. But most people don't consider they consider him a like I've heard people already mentioned Bus already because he's not putting up the twenty a game. Like, but if you look before him, it was Mark Faults. Before him, it was uh, Ben Simmons. Um, before him, Carl Anthony Towns. Before him, Wiggins. And before him, probably the worst number one pick ever, Anthony Bennett. Bennett. Before him, Anthony Davis. Then Kyrie Irving, John Wall, Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose, which are all excellent players. But I wouldn't consider none of those guys like what we used to consider. Back in the day, a first round, like a number one pick was like, yo, your franchise for the rest of like the next two decades. Or I'm exaggerating, maybe a decade. Maybe a decade. And the people you named Um, that were there, probably Davis, um, Mm-hmm. I I guess Cat, but you know he even had his fall off with the court of public opinion. Um, yeah, Kyrie, but he didn't like start off blazing. Um, John Wall has held 
the Wizards down for a while, but the really, really, like in that category that you were talking about, probably Derrick Rose until the injuries. Um, yeah. But not a lot of them. You know what I'm saying? Wiggins is Wiggins is a good play. If you look at his numbers, Wiggins' numbers are way better than public opinion. Than him. Wiggins' numbers are better than him. <laughs> yeah, his numbers are way better than what people think of him. But yeah. it's, it's difficult, man. It depends my, on my, what people my, actually expect from you. When I look so, at Zion, and it, and it, I, be, I, like you said, with the, the point, with the finite point death, I always go to DeMar DeRozan. Because when DeMar DeRozan came into the National Basketball Association, he was not better skill-wise than any of us on this show. He was way more He was skillless. He was completely skillless, and look at what he has become. So when you see something like that, depending on the dude's work ethic, depending on his passion, he can end up being scary. But even if he doesn't end up scary, I think he'll be – I think he'll be a very good NBA player. Now is the time. Here's the thing, right? So I, and I guess it's because, like, um, Tracia and Luca are dominating already as rookies, right? But I'm looking at DeAndre Ayton. He's averaging 16 and 10, shooting 59% from the floor, 75% from the line. Like, that's a solid season for a rookie. He's center. That's solid. But the fact is, most people don't even look at him as having a successful rookie campaign. I mean, probably because the team loses all the time. I was going to say, a lot of people go to teams, too, that will, you know, they'll just put you – you're just basically on the the no-burn list because a lot of people are not watching certain teams. Um, It's worse when your team is bad and they're a West Coast team because ain't nobody staying up late to watch the Kings, even though they're – the Kings are are, are better. Nobody's staying up to watch the, the Suns even though, you know, Devin Booker will put on a show every night, but nobody's staying up to watch them dudes because everybody's like, man, it's just not worth it. So, and yeah, he's stuck one of the out better there in Arizona. Right. He's one of the better <laughs> defensive players. That's the, he, I mean, he's having a solid season. So, that's what that, so that, to me, when we talk about Zion, that's what worries me as we get closer and closer to seeing him make his campaign is that, like, the the hype is so real that I don't even know. Like, if he has a DeAndre Ayton statistical season, and I guess it depends upon if he dunks on a couple cats, then they'll forgive him. And then, Jim, you got a bunch of cats out here actually acting like there's a chance Zion might go back to Duke because he hasn't declared yet and they think he has unfinished business because of the loss. I'm like, come on. Zion declared for the draft this season when he was in, like, sixth grade. So ain't nobody trying to hear that. <laughs> he was my boy. I'd be I, like, yo, you're the you're the clear cut number one pick. Like, you'd be foolish to even go back at this point. Like, all you can do is down from here. Speaking yo, of think... speaking of being trapped in on the West Coast on a team that nobody's checking for. Like I said, even though the Kings, the Kings are a very competitive what? team, and they're going to be back yes, on the map are. in the next year yeah. or two. Buddy Hield. Is balling and not a lot of people know about it. Dude Yo, is averaging not, yeah, not twenty-one points a game, five rebounds. <laughs> yeah. Man, after after his rookie season, after his you know people were writing him off. Oh, buddy, he he ain't what he was in college. He made that leap this year. Sometimes was, it just takes I a little was, bit longer, man. But people, I was one you know, of those. I was one of those people. I had no belief or faith that Buddy Hill was going to do anything but get his teeth fixed in the NBA. 
I had no belief. <laughs> <laughs> you thought horse mouth yeah, was gonna be know. a bus, man? Come on, man. I didn't think a bus. I didn't think a bus per se. I thought that his ceiling was gonna be maybe competing for six man of the year at some point in his life. Like I did not see him being for real. For real. Now he out here averaging a dub and five rebounds. Dude, <laughs> dude is nice and has with played, bad and, and has played team. 78 out of 78 games so far this season. But don't nobody care. Yo, better than LeBron. Because they like, you play LeBron. Teams, you ain't got no reason to rest. <laughs> yo, he's 21-5-3, yo. Boy's 21-5-3. Right. Like, and, and the fact of the matter is nobody, nobody knows cares. It. But, uh, <laughs> nobody gives a damn. But he be coming into people's arenas every night and lighting their ass on fire, yo, and nobody cares. Lighting them on fire. I'll be like, if y'all don't get, yo, if y'all don't get this Caribbean version of Swaggy P, out of here. But on his Danny Almonte John because he's older than he said he was. <laughs> but, so like, but that, but goes to show you, man, how like winning changes everything. Like, if they were competing for, like, number one spot in the West or something, he would get a lot more. Like, like it's literally about winning. So you can, you can, you can have a statistical, um, statistically inferior campaign to someone else. If your team is winning, like you just mentioned earlier about Draymond, man, winning changes everything, dog. So, so he better than, so he better honest, than light-skinned Mamba? He better than light-skinned Mamba? Who, buddy? I mean, he's having a better season. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, say, had, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy don't want the here. Mamba Hive on his back. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I don't even know what that's called. Mamba What's a group of snakes so called? He don't want the Mamba Hive on his back. Yo, don't play oh, that. Yeah, leave me alone, beloved. He don't want snakes on a plane. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> so real, you know, uh, Major League Baseball has been back in season for uh, the past week. I've been excited, you know, as a Phillies fan. Um, not only do they have a, a number one player that you can root for, you know, they have one of those, dare I say it, because I'm not trying to compare that, not trying to say the results would be the same, but they got one of those 2008 lineups where you can get offense from anywhere in the Phillies lineup, and they haven't had that, you know, in a, in a minute. And it's refreshing yeah. to see. Um, and Bryce, after a little bit of a slow start, like, dude has turned it on, and, and it's early, so we know his numbers are definitely going to go back down to earth. Um, but in his first game, you know, he didn't even get a hit. In his second game, he batted 167 against the Braves. Every game, it, his, his batting average has gone up. In the third game, he batted 333. In the fourth game, against in his, his homecoming to Washington, he batted 429. After two quick strikeouts and the, the crowd was thinking like they got the upper hand in this whole thing, dude damn near hit for the cycle. I think all he missed was a triple. Um, and then the second game against the Nationals, he, he batted 500. So he's batting um, so far for the season. You know, he's batting 500 for the season. And we know that's going to go back down. He's 8 for 16 at the plate. Three home runs, five runs, uh, five runs batted in, um, and he has a 65% uh, on-base percentage. Like, he's balling yeah. right now, and, and Philly fans are really excited. Um, 
I don't, I don't know if I can ever come to a point where I can say, yeah, that's $330 million well spent. But <laughs> And it would be too early to say that either way. But, yeah, it, it's it's good to have at least have a team that the city could be excited about again. <laughs> Jim, you're, you're up there in the yeah. midst of it. So I know it's like Phillies and Bryce Fever going on in Philly right now. It, it is, but not as much as I would think. And I think, honestly, it's because the Sixers are playing so well. Overall for right. the season, like it's still like the talk of the season. Jimmy, you had to, you had to qualify that overall for the season because the Sixers stink this week. <laughs> yeah, I had to qualify that because like yeah, because they they they, I don't know what's up with them and uh and they ain't braver. But anyway, I think they were. I think they in rest mode too though because somebody misses a game every night and nobody's that hurt that they have to miss a game. They just taking some of these bad Low teams management. for granted, and we can't beat them without a full deck. You know what's been that's what's being shown this week. Took the loss to Dallas without yeah. Luca. Took the loss to Atlanta for the second time in like two three weeks. Tonight they have Milwaukee. I, I haven't even checked the lineup to see if it's going to be a full oh, deck there. Not playing, yo. Right, playing, right. Like, who is like, playing tonight? Like who who on general soreness tonight? Like what's going on here? Yo, load management. Yo. Yeah. So so it's an exciting time in the city, no doubt. Shout out to all the young ladies who offer a little management. And, um, the thing is, yeah, so right now, like, it, it, how you get the temperature of Philadelphia is easy. All you do is pull up to a Wawa and see people talking about brown like the they rapping about it Wawa. Anyway, but when you do that, like, Plus, it's all, it's Wawa still, it's about to sell right liquor, right ain't they? They about to be lit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's the thing, right? So opening opening, opening uh, day and like, a couple days after that, it was the Phillies, but then, like, now it's like, What's going on with the Sixers? Like the Sixers are still talking. Like let's like this this started, and we hype, but let's not forget about what we already got going here. We gotta, you know, baseball season is is a marathon, so you can get back to that. Man, RIP (laughs) Nipsey. But yo, it's 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 true because uh, like even me, like opening day, I was lit. Like T-Mobile gives you the uh, MLB pass for free. Shout out to everyone T-Mobile, but uh. So I'm watching baseball all day. I'm watching the Yankees game. I come put this game on. I'm watching all the baseball second day, third day, and then it's like, what's going like, on with hoops? I don't even care no more. <laughs> yeah, what hoops? Like, all right, we can get back to this but, during the summer when yeah, nothing's happening. I come, I come back to that. I come back to that after hoops. I'm gonna go to a couple of games because like going to the game is the ish. But uh, yeah, Man, um, I'll be up there. I'll be up in like, the city Saturday. I'm going to the Phillies Twins joint. So we're we gonna okay. see what they talk about. Watch, watch when I go yeah, though. That's what I'm saying. It's gonna everybody gonna be on load management. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Philly's Philly gonna get no hit, but um, <laughs> <laughs> gonna be load but, management because uh, everybody so we'll see how came out blasting. No, that's because you know, baseball is so it's such a season. 180. Yeah, that's drawn. 162 games, games too many. Playoffs in. By the time drunk. you have the playoffs in, you play close to 200 games, yo. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and shout-out to Skyview in the chat room. Um, going back to some of our, our other conversations, he was naming people, too. He's like Steve Smith, of course. He says Scott Skiles, Kevin Willis played till he was 74 years old. Shannon Brown ah. played for 50 teams after the Lakers. And his Shannon wife Brown was that's what I'm saying. Like he, at this point, like I wasn't trying to. Like Jimmy went back with it when he said Smitty. I wasn't even trying to go back to Smitty. So I damn sure wasn't trying to go back to Kevin Willis and Scott Scow. <laughs> I was trying to see who they who they had since 
like since Smitty. And all I can think of is cats like Draymond and um, Mo Pete and cats every, like that. Cascals had, had a 20-week game, though. I never forget that. And he also, I think, I think he's right. I think this is who I remember it being. He said D-Wade was the dude that did the fake Smitty. Yeah, I think, and I think he did it on Kyrie. He took Kyrie down, turned around, put his back to him, and then, like, did a fake shot. I don't know. It might have been D-Wade because I know I saw D-Wade do something to, to um, Kyrie Irving, but I'm I'm trying to think, like, was it that or was it somebody else this week that did it? Um, Yo, either way, shout I out know to Scott. I Scott Skiles had a game where he had 20 assists. I know. You know, wasn't it like 30-something? Didn't he have like 33? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, he was just, he was just throwing it up the check. <laughs> I was just saying, Scott Scott was playing hot potato with The Rock, and people just happened to be on that night. All right, so um, real quick for all the NFL heads out there who, you know, love to follow everything that's going on, um, just uh, go to the War Room Sports YouTube page, check out the latest episode of Cover 2 when it's up. It'll probably be up either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, you can hear Fred Purdue's first-round um, mock for the upcoming NFL draft. So, again, check that out on Cover 2. Yo, uh, he, he did the whole first round? Sports YouTube the whole page. first round. He did the whole first round. He did Yo. the te- he did the he did the player that he thought the team was going to draft, and then he followed it up by telling you who he would take in that situation. <laughs> so, if you are a football he nerd to like Fred. Yo, he somebody give him some management. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Fred married now, so once he start having them babies, <laughs> he ain't Fred oh. gonna be like, F- "What's football? Like, uh, what's football? You know I forget everything you know." So Fred is a football nerd. Shout out to him, and check out the latest episode of Cover Two. Um, we talked about the whole uh, big baller brand situation last week. The latest is Lonzo is now suing Allen Foster for two million dollars. I mean, we heard that it was $1.5 million that was basically missing. Um, but Lonzo, is, he, he came up Lonzo with a figure, come up. two M's that he's going to sue him for. Um, they're basically saying uh, Foster concocted a fraudulent scheme to enrich himself with company money and to also buy property in Ethiopia according to the lawsuit that was filed this Tuesday in Los Angeles. So they're seeking more than $2 million in damage. Still no word on the current relationship between Lonzo, LeVar, you know, his other sons and LeVar. Um, And I've been watching, you know, because of this, I was trying to see if I could catch anything on the lead-up. So I've been watching, catching up on episodes of Ball and the Family this week. And, you know, there's nothing about this, at least not yet. But there were some surprising things in there. Like, I thought Mello going back to school was maybe like a U-turn for LeVar. But it was actually Mello who stepped up and, and told his dad that he wanted to go back and finish his senior year of high school and he wanted to try to get into college and all. At least that's how they staged it, you know, because from mm-hmm. the looks of it, from all all along, it seemed like LeVar could get them to say and go with anything he says. So, you know, maybe he told Melo to do that. But maybe he didn't. Maybe Melo said, I'm tired of all this and I want to be a kid again. But um, shout out. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that situation. 
Um, Yo, man. Stat of the week, all man. This, all, this, okay. all of this is for all of this is for that show. So this whole thing, man. My man living in Ethiopia. He took he took that cut. <laughs> they said my man better. was trying to buy a property in Ethiopia. <laughs> um, stat of the week, man. With the unfortunate, tragic situation, um, it could only be this one. Uh, Russell Westbrook lodged a historic triple double uh, this, uh, earlier this week, and of course, when I tell you these numbers, for most of you out there, you probably know them already. But if you don't, once I tell you these numbers, of course. We also have to tell you that there was only one other player in NBA history who had this kind of game, and we all know who it was, Wilton Chamberlain. <laughs> um, so, so Westbrook, against the Los Angeles Lakers, he put up 20 points, 20 rebounds, and 21 assists. <laughs> now, this is what B. Austin and I used to call Kevin, Kevin Garnett when we used to exaggerate just how all around he was. We used to call him 20, 20, 20, 20, and 20. But Russ really went out there and put up one of these games, and he dedicated his performance uh, to the late Nipsey Hussle um, right after he no uh, you know, got his last rebound. <laughs> he, he said he shouted, that's for Nipsey, and then he shouted some other stuff that, you know, you can't really shout. <laughs> on, on TV or radio, um, yeah. What did y'all think about yeah. this performance, man? Of course, joining Wilt Chamberlain as the only other person in NBA history to have a twenty 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 game. Russ said he Yo, also Westbrook did it for the rolling like, rolling sixties. Y'all know what that's about. Yo, Yo. Russell Westbrook is probably yeah, my favorite Chris. player outside of his sartorial game. He does everything <laughs> the way that you want someone to do, like the way like, Yo, the way he talks to the media. The way the way he plays basketball on twenty four, I can't even say. Jimmy added the way he disrespects the media. Yo, <laughs> yo, I definitely. I love, I, yo, I love yo, it. I love it. I love it. Yo, and yo, he doesn't play there's on, plays on out here. all game there's, long. There's people out here, and this is how you can tell that the average human being is a piece of crap, right? There's people out here that will find a way to hate on twenty. 20, 20, and 20. And I know it was only 320, but it sounds better when you say four. <laughs> Yo, that are going to hate on 20, 20, 20, and 20, just like well, they hated on he, he, one. So I'm sure he took at least 20 shots. Might have had 20 turnovers. <laughs> shout out to Joe. Like, shout <laughs> so count them up. Yo, how do you hate on 20, 20, 20, and 20, even if it was yeah, 20 shots? How, how do you how hate do you on three straight seasons of – Triple doubles when everybody and their mama said that was the one stat that was never going to happen again. But now that he does it, oh, it's easy. Triple double don't mean nothing. Yeah, because somebody you don't like is making a mockery of it. That's why. Yo, like, I hate, yo, I hate people. humans, man. <laughs> people are crazy. Um, I also heard people making a, a big deal out of you know when he said 20 20 and 20 you know you add that up you know you know what I'm what I'm talking about and of course he was talking about Nipsey Hussle's crip set uh the rolling 60s so because people dislike Russell I heard some people saying oh so we glorifying gang violence now yo he just went out there and balled <laughs> I didn't say anything about violence. He, he didn't kill anybody he just went out there and balled and and gave a shout out to to Nipsey because it fit 2020 20 and 20. So, so shout out to Russ, man. But 
Shout out to Rex. Listen, man. Yo, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let I'm gonna let my brother Jimmy I'm gonna let my brother Jimmy get busy because pause. Yo, your uncle Killer Mike, he came on the Breakfast Club and told us what it was about community revolution and progress. I'm not even gonna say that. All I'm gonna say is glorify gang violence when we sing a national anthem. What they say these days that I hate facts. <laughs> facts. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, you know. I'm just, Yo, I'm shout out to the white. But I had to use that because when everybody uses that, they use it wrong. So I had to use it in the wrong connotation because Jimmy actually asked the question. So how the hell is that a fact? But facts. <laughs> Yo, facts say, anyway. Like, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest gang in the world, like the one that catch the most bodies, like. You know, mm-hmm. it's the United States government, but I'm not even going to win. Are you talking about another gang that wears blue? Facts. Oh, wow. Everybody about oh, to get an electric shock I'm, in their I'm headphones. Gonna... So cover y'all ears. Y'all about to get an electric shock in your headphones. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Facts. Listen, man. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So we gotta, but, we, uh, we've never done this before, but I think we might start doing this, too, because you can find great quotes everywhere in sports. Might not be a, a weekly thing, but not just the stat of the week this week. We got quote of the week. And the quote of the week comes from Channing Fry on his retirement. He was doing an interview, um, you know, and, and he was, you know, he was talking about his NBA career. And he stopped at one point and he said, for those of you, um, you know, who's thinking Channing Fry is still in the league or, or why didn't he retire three years ago? He had the perfect comeback to anybody who was like, you know, why is this dude talking about his retirement? He was a bum. He averaged eight points a game. Shannon Fry said, listen, I'm rich. I'm a champion. I'm 35 and retiring, and I'm living a great life. So if you think I suck, I'll see you at L.A. Fitness in a year, mother effers. (laughs) (laughs) He's one of my favorite players. Even though he's on top of you. Because in in the larger scheme of things, Shannon Fry is a bum. (laughs) <laughs> as far as NBA is concerned. You know, because Channing Fry, the way Isaiah but, Thomas talked him up when he made that bad draft pick, um, you know, he was supposed to be that dude. But I've been in situations where NBA talent has come into a gym of dudes who think that they're ballers. Man. And the worst players in <laughs> yeah, the NBA. Man. I've seen our renewable yeah, level I, cats come into too. the gym and give out mean so I'm pretty sure in L.A. Fitness, Channing Fry is going to be giving everybody who talk trash a lesson Man. in NBA-level talent. I I absolutely believe that. I've seen it with my own eyes as well. But I, when you said the quarter of the week from Channing Fry, I thought it was going to be the fact that they asked him about LeBron James. And he said the most memorable thing about LeBron James is that he has hypnosis. So the quote I thought he was going with, because he, he actually said that LeBron has bad breath, and that's what he'll remember the most. So, he definitely so did say that. And as soon as he said it, I kind of believed it because I don't know if y'all peep this. A lot of times when LeBron is talking to somebody on the court or on the bench, they he always either covers his mouth with his hand or he covers his mouth with his shirt. He puts his shirt, his face inside of his shirt. Now, you know, people always think that they're talking stuff that's so important that they got to be over there like mob members covering their stuff because they're trying not to let the <laughs> TV cameras see what they're saying. I totally don't believe that. I totally believe it's with, with 
Channing Fry said, but I also totally believe that within days, LeBron is, I don't know if he's going to sign it, but he's at least going to be offered a Tic Tac endorsement, Mentos, uh, Spearmint, <laughs> Wrigley's, something. But LeBron is going to have another opportunity to make another $10 million at least per Yo. year because of what Channing Fry just said. Thanks, bro. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, maybe Brian knows it because it's a side effect of the bout. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know. Like, that's why he always got his hand over his mouth, man. They are not talking anything that important on an NBA broadcast. I feel like at least Channing Fry has some dignity as opposed to Damon Jones. I hope he doesn't go out like a Damon Jones who's still inside of LeBron's shorts and never left. <laughs> But Brian, you know, he does it when he's talking to people on the other team, too. I mean, maybe it is some mob stuff because LeBron probably be out there recruiting. So. Come to my team. Don't want reading his lips while he's recruiting, but who knows. Yo. Um, Skyview says, uh, super random. He said, what NBA team did Mark Macon play for? I believe Mark Macon got drafted by the Pistons. Detroit he was another one that was a bust. Playing. Shaking, bacon, making was supposed to be that dude. Yeah, um, I don't think he did much playing. Oh, and we already addressed that. He said, does Westbrook get a pass for bigging up rolling 60s? Yeah, it was just a play on his 20-20-20, yeah. man. And it, and it, it fit because that's what Nipsey was. No matter what you say, that's what he was. But he didn't say, you know, it's funny, though. You know I, I had 20-20-20, and we're going to go out to the Chili's. And murk somebody tonight. Like he ain't say none of that. So, so yeah. Okay. And, and I find it funny, like if if, if like how how glorified like Italian mob is. Like I don't even want to get into that. But that's either here nor there. Um, <laughs> all, I, all I'm gonna say is, man, y'all gotta stop, y'all gotta leave Russell Westbrook alone, man. Like y'all gotta appreciate this dude while he's here. I know a lot of y'all that be slandering him. Once he's you know, like, man, he wasn't that bad. Like, but I mean, most yeah, people are there, so. Man, hope listen, my son, even, hope my son my, play with half the heart that Russell Westbrook play with. They celebrate the Kennedys, and you know they got their money from Jesse James, Robin Trent. Man, never mind. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Take, get a All right, well, that's, <laughs> that's it for the hot topics, man. Y'all know the deal. If you want to check us out, you can check out our website at warroomsports.com. Uh, if you want to talk to us about anything we're talking about this evening, I see we do got a couple of calls on the line. We'll get to you in a second. Uh but if you do want to talk to us, you can hit us up also on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Just press 1 when prompted. If you already happen to be listening to the show from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. But Jim, what, what, what happened this week while everybody was on the grind? After we talk about this, yes. we'll get to the phone line, so hang tight if you're on the line. Yes, sir. First of all, um, why you want to grind is brought to you by Sports the Book. So if you're tired of reading old sports books, put them down, get Sports the Book. You can do that by going to sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. It is the greatest sports book ever. You definitely need it. Go cop that. But uh, it's time to talk about what happened this past week. Why you were on the grind. I know a lot of people are more excited for the uh, AAF, another football league, but uh, how about the, this? The, a- the ASS? Suspended- what? The, the AAF, AFF, whatever it is, they, they, it doesn't matter what it is because it's gone. They suspend operations after seven games into the season, so they didn't even get to finish their full season. Bring it back, Jimmy. Bring it back to where you got it before, 
Yo, maybe they'll merge. Maybe they'll merge with the JBA. <laughs> maybe. JBA in a full season though. The JBA is probably where um where that money went that they're looking for. Um, first of all, like it it hasn't even been around long enough for me to comfortably say the name of the league without having to look it up, and I don't have it up right now. But I think it has Isn't something. It American, I think it's the Alliance. Alliance of American or American Alliance. Or American Alliance, something, something like that. Alliance but the AAF, would you say, Jim, seven weeks in? The season was only yeah. ten games long. So they couldn't even finish out the last three. And I hear a lot of players are upset. And, of course, you would be. But that's because now that they've suspended operations, like operations include payroll. So there's a lot of people left out there with bills and and stuff like that. You move to a city, you know, to play sports for for a team, for a franchise, and then they just go out of business after seven weeks. So where does that leave people? Like, what's next? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Sad. You know what I mean? NFL, the NFL mafia was like, get them out of here. DNA was, yo, um, yeah. But when do, like, minor league football leagues ever, like, last? Like, when? I don't it's know. crazy they, that they in today's day and age that you still think that you can go up against the monster. <laughs> Vince, Vince working on that, uh, that league. He's still cooking up right now. Yeah, he might want to think twice. Right. Vince made several billion when he uh, he took WWE public last year, the year before it was. But, I mean, uh, if he, he take if, great. if he have like WrestleManias at halftime, you know, he might do something. <laughs> his bread is way his bread is way up right now because even if he took something like triple in value, his bread is on. He I know, I know Vince is way up. Vince Vince ain't built. Vince ain't built for that though. He ain't ready for the mob. Yeah. See, yeah, but, but this is the thing about the AAF, though. Like, they were never – they weren't, like, trying to go against the NFL, were they? Weren't they, like, developing people no. trying to be, like, a minor league? But yeah. if you don't have no. the NFL backing – yeah, if you don't have their backing, then you ain't no minor league for the NFL. <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, man. Vince got the power of the president behind him. So, anyway, <laughs> with all that being said, man, we just want to – we want to – um. Send a rest in peace shout out to the area. But, uh, speaking of rest in, rest in power. On the grind, the Chicago Bears, they're there for no, it's the hundredth season coming up. So the Chicago Bears want to honor that by rocking triple digit jerseys. And I fell and for it. Copy- <laughs> I'm, be I'm be cool. Also, you on copper jersey with three numbers? I'm cool. No, that's they put out a video saying, you know, so everybody's jersey was going to have a one in front of it. So, um, yeah, man, Khalil Mack was supposed to be wearing 152. Um, quarterback supposed to be wearing 110. Um, you know, so forth and so on. So, yeah, I, I fell for it, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had bars, I, I bars for the NFL. Because I'm sitting here like, okay, y'all going to let them wear triple-digit jerseys. Most people, you know, got to fight for their jersey number anyway. They got to get permission to be at a certain position and wear a certain number. Um, you wear the wrong socks, you in trouble. You wear the, the different color shoes, you in trouble. 
and y'all gonna let this go down just because somebody has it? Yeah, I had all kinds of bars for them, but um, you can go ahead and let the cat out of the bag of why I feel stupid. <laughs> yeah, April Fool's joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yo. I fell for that. The, the one I didn't fall for was the obvious one. Y'all know Tom Brady um, tweeted that he was retiring that day. And, and and people actually text me like, so Tom Brady finally hanging it up, huh? And I hadn't even seen it at that time. I was like, you do know it's April 1st, right? <laughs> like, I'm not even going to check for that. Like, you do know it's April 1st. <laughs> like, Bo just told you that he was trying to play another five years, like, a year ago. So, like, no way yeah. that Tom Brady's going to make that, I tell you one that thing, sudden decision. Dirt. Y'all man, Dirk been playing the April Fool's joke all season because he ain't going nowhere. They, uh, <laughs> they trying to give Dirk. They giving every hint in the book. They like giving him prizes and and, and, the, and vacations and standing ovations yeah. and honorary yeah. to the All Star game. And Dirk like, I ain't tell y'all I'm retired yet. And you man, and you man, Dirk, yo, Dirk coming in the arena looking around like, what, what's all this for? Dirk been exchanging jerseys and like getting. A pair of beats everywhere you go, <laughs> yeah. and and they, pieces they of people's floor, year, and people giving him pieces uh, of the parquet. <laughs> it's like yo, they, they give him Dirk every hand. They give him Dirk every hand. It's like when you on the phone with somebody, like man, let me get out of here. They keep talking. That's what Dirk doing right now. <laughs> they like Dirk. Dirk like y'all just give me these gifts. I ain't announcing nothing. But it needs uh, man. Last the last story I want to bring up uh, that happened while you were on the grind is uh, Screaming A. Smith. Screaming A. Smith is poised to become the richest talent in the history of the four letters. It's up to ten mil a year. He gets an athlete contract. This is our this is our chatty patty segment of our show. Um, yeah, shout out to the brother because I'm always going to root for it because you know he's he's a black dude. I mean sometimes he don't sound like he knows that, but. He's a brother, so I'm rooting for you to be the highest paid ever over there. But at the same time, you're looking at it like if that's true and they pay Stephen A. Smith more than anybody over there, I think the current leader is like uh, Mike Greenberg. He he makes like $6.5 million to host Get Up. Yeah. Um, then you got cats like Kornheiser and Wilbon who make like $5 million apiece. If you just look at who they pay, and if they do this with Stephen A., if he becomes their highest paid, it shows you exactly what ESPN values. And, and you know, well, it's, it's whatever. It's, it's entertainment now, and he's an entertainer. He, he moves the needle. He moves the number. Most of the time, he's talking. Because you used to, you used to say, all right, well, Stephen A. Smith, at least he knows basketball. You really can't say that anymore. Because his basketball spiel these days is still bragging about who's in his Rolodex and who he can call, but it doesn't even seem like his analysis on basketball is what it used to be because I believe he probably got lazy because you're realizing, look, I can be the man on this network, I can make the money on this network, and I don't have to put in all this this insider work Listen, that I'm man, putting in. I don't even know and when he that. speaks I'm about like, other sports like... outside of basketball, he's damn near embarrassing. But as long as he screams and he, you know, spits and all that kind of stuff, it moves the needle, and ESPN loves it. Yo, so get your money, man. However well, you need to get it. Well, 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 a couple things to that. ESPN has no choice but to love it because once you become a member of Disney, they have shareholders to answer to, 
And <laughs> when you look at Disney, you look at Disney's uh, 10K. Uh, ESPN was like causing them, in. so they gotta like get their get their entertainment up. At this point, he's an entertainer. His analysis is actually funny. It's not even like, but I don't. I mean, at this point, when I watch, it's hard not for even me to real. take any sports. It's hard for me to take any commentators seriously because they all like that. Like the guys right. that grew up giving you the news straight laced are gone. They're not there anymore because right. it's about entertaining at this point because there's so many outlets, so many mediums that you have to get eyeballs on you. The only way to get eyeballs on you is to entertain. So he's right, and, and, and ESPN has always been entertaining. You know, even the dudes who gave you the news, the sports center dudes always had jokes, um, stuff like that. But the new wave is not even that new because ESPN kind of uh, uncovered something way back when they started PTI, and that's why, two, you know, Kornheiser and Wilbon are among the leaders in uh, the money game over there. Is because now the wave is arguing on TV. I used to tell people all the time, like I, I used to listen to Kornheiser's show, like his his radio show during the day before PTI would come on. Dude would be on the show admitting that he's always in bed, he never watches sports at night, this kind of stuff. But he gets so much respect from just being a writer for the Washington Post way back in the day that he was undeniable. Plus, he's very entertaining. He's very funny. But listening to his show every day and listening to him give his take about sports and then being a fan like I was of PTI, I would go in there and realize that it was a part of their model for those dudes to disagree. Because Tony Kornheiser would be over here screaming and arguing with Wilbon, arguing a point where earlier on his radio show he was saying something totally different. So somebody had to take a certain side and <laughs> that's the new wave now. <clears throat> Stephen A. Smith is really good at screaming and, and arguing. That's what they want to see now. Like Jimmy said, people just giving you the news, that's that's gone. Look at the other networks, Shannon, Skip, all they do is scream and argue all day. So well, basically, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is sports journalism, particularly on television, has gone the way of, Hip hop and and bars like it's not really a dust. It, well, it's gone the way of the world, basically. Yeah, the it's world. gone the way of the I world. Even, I wouldn't even say. I wouldn't Everything even say that, like that. Also because because hip hop, I think that lyricism is still at the top. Like the top rappers in the world are Kendrick, G. Cole, it is, it is. Drake. No, no, Jimmy, three rappers in the Jimmy, world. Jimmy, it is, it is, and it's seen a resurgence. There's been a resurgence over the last, I'd say, five to seven years where lyricism has found a lane. It's a it's a pocket now. Like dumb ninjas now it's, just, that, now it's bars with versatile delivery. Yeah, yeah. And and we probably could get into this another show. I think it's always been that way. I, I just think that there's like, there's so much at this point. Like we're there's so much that's out there and hip hop itself has become a number one genre. But the top person in rap has always been someone who can rap. Like that's just what it is. Like what even even yeah. if like all your criticism is he's always been able to rap. Like so, I don't think that's it. But but in terms of journalism, getting back to our um, argument, it's not just sports. I mean, it's people live in echo chambers. Like people want to watch Fox to hear what they want to hear. It's the way of the world. Now. With ESPN, CNN, like so so the, the left is just as bad as the right. I mean, it, this is this is what it is because there's so many eyeballs. And this is another thing, like. One day we're gonna like just do a whole show about how social media changed the world because 
a lot of people took social media for granted and didn't think it was a big thing, but it's literally changed the world. There's so many outlets and so many mediums. And you know, there was an article a couple of weeks ago. It was about a barstool sports and Deadspin, um, and how th- those blogs. There were literally blogs, but yeah. they have completely changed the way ESPN does business because ESPN has to compete with them, and the whole like. You know, and they the, the and they came up from the amount of people who hated them, but still gave them attention because they hated yeah. them so much. <laughs> so, so it's like, and, and Stephen A. Smith, like I knew it was a, I knew it was a past season, right? So I'll never forget this, right? Because I was watching Sports Center one day, and he was talking about, um, I think it was the Chiefs Chargers, right? Oh he yeah, like he was naming all them balls who was. Yeah, and the boss said that he was like Spencer, Spencer Ware is going to be amazing tonight. First of all, Spencer Ware was injured and wasn't playing. Then the boss said um, another key to the game was like Hunter Henry. He said Hunter Henry, the way he's playing all season, he's definitely going to have an impact on this game. And Hunter Henry didn't play all season. He was out with a torn ACL, hadn't played all season. And this isn't the end of the season that he's saying this. So he's naming a bunch of cats that are on Naming bulls that didn't even make the team, damn near. Yo, what you mentioned hadn't played all season. He was talking about the great season he was having. I was like, yo, Stephen A. is checked out. I actually find it funny. And I'm like, he got it trolling because he does it all the time. Or he's not trolling and he just don't care. But the thing is. Stephen A. was telling you how bulls on the the practice squad was going to tear it up that week. Yo, to me, (laughs) it's funny. Like. He he is a he's he's a character now, but God bless him because my man. One thing I can say is he works hard. I've seen after boxing matches, ESPN when they were like I find mean, someone and make them like I the, the focus. They be working their ass though, cause well, I mean, well, judging by his analysis, Jimmy, it's clear that he no longer works hard. He just works a lot. He <laughs> works a lot. Well, yeah, I, a lot I mean, of people put I in mean, hours and they're doing just, a damn thing. He works a lot. On the air, these dudes end up shooting out or shouting out their researchers a lot of times. Researchers put together their yeah. notes. These dudes don't pay attention to them notes because they definitely I mean, didn't watch the game. True. But my thing is, I think sometimes, I think he particularly messes up on purpose. Not, not to that extent, but like, yo, because all that does is do what? More eyeballs. When he makes these mistakes and all that, he's trending on Twitter all the time. Yo, yeah, I, I can't see him doing it on purpose though. He he has a huge ego. Like he wants people to think that yeah, he's but when, a star when it happens, he things. gets added. He gets added. He starts engaging with people. Like his engagement goes up by mistake. Like yo, I'm no doubt. I mean, he ain't got no choice, which means he's handling it the right way. But I don't yo, think it's he a do crazy world we live in, man. Now, if you found, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll put it like this: maybe, like maybe he does, maybe he does. We don't know. But if you found out that he did it on purpose, you'd be you'd be surprised. These days, nah, not really. <laughs> yes, what I'm saying, not, like, not yo, it's, super it's a crazy because you really can't think of anybody who takes their yo. craft seriously enough to to not be willing to play ball like that for some for That's some extra years. And the fact that the fact that we're even able to like like guess whether or not it's true is it's a yo, it's crazy times we're living in, man. It's all about attention, man. It's about attention. But the thing is, the reason people want attention so bad is because these brands and things are for your attention. Shout out to uh, Fashion Over. All right, but let me, some quick birthday shout outs. Uh, Shout out to the homie Rudy Fernandez turns 34. Remember Rudy? He was always like the young um, foreign dude who was going to take over the league. He had some good times, but I guess, you know, 
he's no longer young, <laughs> and we we were waiting for him to explode onto the scene. And he was never really happened. Um, shout out to Ben Gordon. Uh, ben Gordon, he had his time in the league. He had some nice years. He's 36. Um, Jack Del Rio turns 56, and we want to give a rest in peace. Shout out to Dave Mira, um, the BMXer. He was born uh, April 4th, 1974. Committed suicide, I believe, February 4th, 2016. So, ballroom salute to all of these folks on their birthdays and their birthday week. And let me hurry up and move on before B. Austin start talking about Dave Mira and <laughs> and what he think about people that commit suicide. Let's go to the phone line real quick before we end it on this hoop talk. Uh, we got the homie Rob out in L.A. Um, on the line. Rob, what's going on? You in the war room, 2020. Oh, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Big Rob. R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle. That's all I got to say, man. What's up, what's up man? How, how is it out there? What's the temperature out there? Not Not the literal temperature, but I'm talking about after this situation with Nipsey, um, Nipsey Hussle, like, how how the streets uh, out there? Uh, a whole lot of uh, sadness, a whole lot of confusion, a whole lot of hotep nonsense, a whole lot of conspiracy theories, <laughs> a whole lot of mess. <laughs> you know with the hotep nonsense. <laughs> the hotep nonsense. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I love me, I love y'all New Yorkers, man. But y'all can have Brother Polite back, man. Get his black ass out of here, man. He's not <laughs> yeah. Him, man. Keep that ish over there. You know, Polite man. over there, spreading, spreading con- conspiracies. <laughs> it's, no. like, it's like how many chicks he got with him? He got about three, four like, wives. Who who cares about the chicks? It's the nonsense. He can probably that's the probably got all of that chicks that's driving him crazy. But I care about the chicks because, like you said, I'm not listening to half of the nonsense he's talking. So I'm just looking at who winning. I mean, yo, I mean, uh, where do yo, I want to begin? He said, um, take Brother Polite, black ass. <laughs> yo! <laughs> coming Polite like that, man. No, that's oh, funny, Rob. Man. All them hoes so have nonsense, man. So, All Rob, that. man, what's up? What's your Lakers, what, what, what Lakers going to do in the off season? Um, Nothing. Say LeBron, I don't care. LeBron gonna um he gonna recruit K D because you know we we're hearing rumors that we're hearing rumors that it's a done deal that Kevin Durant is going to uh New York. So who LeBron gonna grab? I I I love I love I love what um what what Tobias said last time. Is he said Laker fans or like like all, every like Laker fans, like he emphasizes Laker fans because if you didn't win a championship, you know it doesn't matter what you do, it is a championship or nothing. And the thing is that that's what it is. And so I don't know what they're gonna do. You know they're gonna try to bring somebody here, but if if it, man Kawhi was supposed to come here, George was supposed to come here, but when LeBron came here. Them deals went out, so I gotta say, man, it's Trey LeBron, so we can get the. So Kawhi we'll might still do I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> huh? Huh? Kawhi might still come. Nah, man, I'm just, I just, uh. <laughs> but you sound, you sound distraught. 
Man, he, I, I, yeah, I will, he sounds completely dejected, brother. It's, yeah, it's, my, my thing is, I, I don't know what your expectations were into the season. Like, they weren't going to win a chip coming into the season. They weren't going to win a chip without LeBron. They weren't going to win a chip with LeBron. So, what are you distraught about? I'm not. Um, I knew they were going to win a chip. But I'm talking about at least improvement, at least substantial improvement to where you can at least get an A seed. You know, because you can't build on it. Because, 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 if you look at the season, if you look at the season, I'll show Bill improvement, Jimmy. Improvement. If you look at us, side with, we can match with them. We need four wives. Yo, let's go right. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. If you get, if you grab that AC and get. You know, and you turn into lunch for the Golden State Warriors. The fans are not going to be, you know, what I'm saying the fans are going to be upset about that it, as well. Like, we got it, in there, and we didn't show nothing. Improvement. But it last week it was we just wanted to get at least improvement. No, nobody cares about improvement, man. I think they showed improvement though, because if everybody everybody didn't get injured and LeBron didn't miss 16 games in a row or however many games, 16, 18 games, when he hurt his groin. I, I know for sure, you know, I, I can speculate pretty confidently that they weren't going to hold on to that fourth seed that they were sitting on. But they, they could possibly be in the race and get that seventh or eighth seed and get fed to, to one of these teams that's going to make them – that's going to make all the fans say, well, what was the point of us getting in if that was going to happen to us? So exactly. you just admitted it yourself, exactly. though. If it's championship or bust for the Lakers, then, I mean, you can't get mad – when they when they bust in a certain manner, like it can't be levels to bust. I'd rather right, have a I'd rather right have a better <laughs> draft pick. What are you talking about? Listen, man. Rick Ross. Uh, right? oh, Rick Ross man, has I'm a not, song. I'm not tanker, Rick Ross man. Has a song, I'm right? not a tanker. You need you need another I'm draft not... pick for Magic and Rob Palenka to trade. Listen, man. <laughs> LeBron ain't Rick, playing Rick with no rookie. Rick Ross has a song called "When 16 Ain't Enough," and that applies to Lakers, man. Because 16 ain't enough. You can't be. I'm trying to be. Really yeah, you can't be a Laker fan talking about I want to be the eighth seed. Like, yeah, what kind of what kind of fan? <laughs> no, I said at least an eighth seed. At least get into playoffs. At least get into the playoffs. No, truthfully, I'm I'm, I'm I'm speaking I'm speaking out my my backside now, but I can uh, again confidently say like I don't think the Lakers ever won a chip from the eighth seed. So so it's like no, what you have to look they forward to. <laughs> Let me let me ask you this question. You ain't speaking out your backside, man. You're speaking with your heart and you're making these talk no, about that's my backside. not my heart. That, I mean, I'm thinking <laughs> that that's a fact. I, I think that's a fact, but I'm saying I'm speaking out of my backside because I really don't know if it's a fact. But it sounds like you're a right. fact. I don't think the Lakers nah. ever won from the AFC. But hold on. Let me break it down to you this way. And I'm going to keep it 100 with Jimmy, but I think Jimmy already knows this. Y'all not winning a chip with, with LeBron, man. LeBron, at this point, LeBron mirrors a little bit of what you guys claim Kobe was towards the end. He becomes kind of a liar because he wants to do things his way. He needs a certain type of talent to bail him out because he can't post up. He's sporadic on the jumpers. He has no... Go to move. So he needs a bailout finisher and closer to come into that toxic environment who's willing to not only save the day, but, but here's the thing. He, he needs a playoff team. 
Beyonce was first. correct, except please don't please don't ever compare him to Kobe Bryant. Even for a little bit. He wasn't comparing. He wasn't comparing. The, first of all, Rob, you're 22 because when the Lakers were rolling in, in, in the three and four seed, you was calling in, and I could pull the tapes up, and you had a whole different tone. That's one thing. Second, call we Jim. Three and four seed. You talking about Kobe? Yo, Jim, you talking about three and four seed? When LeBron signed, his whole LeBron thing switched. He used to hate LeBron. Yeah, he, 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 was he was a little different. He was a little different after like, that song. I was happy because Magic got a superstar there. Magic ain't do nothing. That's another thing you kept doing. There. You kept giving Magic. So me, you were giving Magic all of these props for doing something. LeBron was yes, coming I there did. regardless. Yes, LeBron yes, is a movie producer, dog. Yes, Where I else did. is he gonna go? But hold on, though. Hold on, though. And, and, hold on. If I was the GM, LeBron would be a Laker right now. But hold on, though, real quick, real quick. Here's the thing about the Lakers. LeBron is not the problem. LeBron, listen, LeBron averaged 28, 8, and 8, which is crazy, <laughs> right? He, listen, if you take, that, you take those numbers and put him on any other team, right, outside of the Lakers and him not being LeBron, if uh-huh. Andrew Wiggins averaged 28, 8, and 8, he'd be in MVP contention. That's just what it is, right? But the fact of the matter is, he is LeBron, so that comes with a certain expectation. He is playing for the Lakers, so that comes with a certain expectation. The thing about Kobe is nobody wanted to be anywhere around him. LeBron had one of the best players in the world trying no. to come play with him. Yo, what? I'm giving you facts. I'm not. This, this is my opinion, by the way. He did average those okay, numbers. Okay, okay, keep going. Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis did want to come here. You can go ahead and give me your opinion while I state facts. Go ahead. Tell me your opinion. The management. What about the oh, – come on. We can talk about how – people can talk about how Kobe the snitch, whatever. If you can talk about, about Kobe, about, about Kobe, uh, people don't want to play with Kobe, but what about the management That's all that didn't want to sign anybody, fact. that didn't want to sign Melo? Why would people come here if the Lakers are not management, don't want to win? If Jim Buss don't want to win. Mello? Don't you ever bring up Melo. Listen, when he, Mello, was prime, when he was in his prime. He was in his prime. The Rockets were the 12th seed. The Rockets were the Mello, Mello left the Rockets, and now he's one of the best teams in the league. No, um, no, no we're talking about in his prime. 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 What did Mello win in his prime? I'm going to be blaming my man Mello for that. Or, 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 <laughs> or, or, or any other person, perhaps. Okay, okay, okay. They got rid of Kobe, and what happened? They got Lopez and Luau Dane. What's your point? Being a story, it was a management. But 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 but, but I, don't, um, I don't understand what your but, point. Listen, listen, Rob. It's Rob, a management fault. Player, Rob, listen, and and Magic, Magic, LeBron came and Magic put dudes around him that don't even like him and can't shoot. Like, yo, Lance don't like ball. Rondo don't like ball. Neither one of them dudes can shoot. Like, that's not even a LeBron type of team. But all, also, but you're really big you, and you, magic you up like have, he listen, did something. Magic, listen, you can have business history all you want to. The best players at the time, including LeBron, Bosh, D Wade, none of those guys wanted to play with Kobe. Like the top players in the league didn't want to play with him. And I'm not even blaming Kobe because part of it is because they didn't want to live up to his expectations. It was a, it was a changing are, are culture. Com- but at the same time, these Kobe are facts. To- these are Kobe facts. is a baller. You have to have a mumble mentality. 
That's why when he that's when what he, he kind of just said. Kari Leonard, we tutors a gangers. You have to have a money. You have to have a If you want to be a B word, you go somewhere else. Go to another team. Are you? Are you? That's kind of what he just said, though, bro. He just said they didn't want to live up to his expectations. That's all a part of the mentality. I said it was a change in culture. And also, just to point out, we're not talking about the old Kobe. We're talking about Kobe was averaging 16 points a game. Like, so Uh-oh. let's not act like we're talking oh, about prime Kobe. Kobe. Oh, really? Listen, man, I understand that, like, you don't like to talk objectively. Listen, man, there's facts on no. The point is, he's not the biggest. The biggest problem is the people I, that will put around him is not LeBron. I, I, you, you, you know what? I, I concur. But what you said about Kobe's reputation, I, 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 I agree. I, I, I can't agree with that. I can't agree with that. But, but, Let me but, ask you but, a quick question, Rob. Rob, give me an honest answer. Give me an honest answer. If Kyle Kuzma averaged 28, 8, and 8, would you say Kyle, trade Kyle Kuzma? Well, if Kyle Kuzma was averaging 28, If this past season, if he was averaging 28, 8, and 8, and shot over 50% from the floor, would you be uh, calling in saying he was a Kyle Kuzma? No, no, because Kyle Kuzma is young, but LeBron's old. He needs to go. But anyway, I got, I got. At least say, you said that because I, I was about to say, I'm like, there's an age thing there. I didn't think you were going. There, touch there on is that, an age but. thing, but still, productivity is productivity. If any other player, <laughs> if any other player was averaging 28 and 8, would you say trade him? I don't care who. It could be Javale McGee. If any other player on that team, not named LeBron James, had the season I, that he I had, think, I think you can. I think you can split. I think you can split hairs, though, Jimmy, and say what type of twenty-eight, eight and eight is it? Like, what's the impact of that? Because we've seen stat suffers before, and I would say not not to put LeBron in the category of purely a stat suffer, but he is the greatest stat suffer we've ever seen. When the eye, you look at the eye test, I don't think there's a lot of stars. They want to come and play with LeBron and see LeBron get all the credit, but they get all the blame when things don't go right. I, like, I, in defensively. Listen, he had a top five player who was trying his best to get there. Yeah, that's that's one. That's one out of a. That's one out of the league. But who else? That, that's, out of, all, out of, that's all you need. Out of all, out of all the stars, out of hold on, out of all the stars, you had one guy that was represented by his agency that was trying to get there. But who else? Outside of Unibrow, who who else was who else did you hear that was trying to go to LA? My thing is who else could go to LA? Like I don't think that Man, we in we in twenty nineteen, you can't force their way out of town. So we can't use the S the, the old school method out. They forced their way out of town. And Anthony Davis okay, couldn't who get else, who else who else outside who else outside of Anthony Davis tried to force their way out of town anywhere so far? Talking about this season, okay. Period. This, this, this season, season or this past season, season, we're talking about this past I, I season. Guess we're talking Jimmy about Butler. no one, no Jimmy one Butler. was trying to work their way out of town to go play with LeBron. Oh, LeBron, no. Yeah, that's what he's saying. No, nobody trying to work their way to go play anywhere outside of Jimmy Butler, which happened and he got traded. He got traded. What I'm saying is this whole thing of nobody wants to play with him. It's not the same. Like when you already have a top five player. The comparison just doesn't I'm work. Not saying, I'm not saying it's the same. He had to I'm get not, traded, I'm though, Because that would have been the same thing with Anthony Davis. He would have had to get traded. Like, that's no, still, I, you know, that's that's still them forcing their way out. 
But they still under contract. That's what I'm saying. But what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. I'm that. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. So I just don't think that whole thing of nobody wants to play with him. I, I don't know how true it is, but I also know. I also know that when he had you talk about is stat stuff. He was one of the most efficient players in the league. Like it's not. Stat I think. Stuff. It, I think it's. I think it's better. true, but only because I think it's mostly true just because he made that move to the West. Like people like you know a, an aging Brown might not be enough for us. I mean, because he definitely could have had Paul George. He was a free agent. He chose to stay in the boondocks in OKC. Um, I don't know. And I don't – I think, B, to your point, I think that's why you have Laker fans talking about Trey LeBron and stuff like that, even with the numbers he's putting up. I think it's because his 28-8-8 usually comes with a bunch of wins. So I don't think he's always been a stat stuffer, but I think it's kind of looking like that now. Like he's still talented enough. He's still good enough to get these numbers, but can it impact winning like it used to in the Eastern Conference? That's what I think the issue is now. Yeah, he's also playing with a bunch of guys who really care about Fortnite and Instagram, right? So it's it's a whole different – like his best players, his best young core, they they, they care more about Fortnite than the NBA. And – Again, That's true, and okay. I'm definitely not talking to you on this next point, but there was a lot of people that had great expectations. Like, they were getting these dudes, Lance, Rondo, you know, all the people they were putting them around them with the, the young dudes. There was a lot of people who were thinking, like, all right, the Lakers might end up in the Eastern and Conference Finals this season. There were a lot of people thinking that. So, Jimmy can make this argument yeah. because you spoke a little more realistically when the season began, but there's a lot of people out there – that couldn't jump on your bandwagon in this conversation because they were like, oh, the Lakers going to do something now. I'm like sitting here like, yo, these ain't even the type of dudes that Bron thrives with. Like, what are people talking Listen, about? I, I, but sometimes I, I when you're, you know. Basketball. People are mad at me because I said he's not even here for basketball. Like, I argue with Lakers fans all the time. They tell me all I do is on the Lakers. But I just be objective. I'm like literally being objective. <laughs> When I said this, if I LeBron, said movie, if I his being, move was about basketball, he had other teams that he could have gone to, and would have, you know, would have had a chance to up his ring count at least, least an, at least and a I chance. Also, so believe that Paul George like signed back with uh with OKC before Brian made his decision. Like, same thing with Paul George because Paul George could have went to the Clippers too. Like everybody thought he was coming to LA. Paul George got out there, like, you yeah, know, that's true. Like I, I mean, but I pretty much think mm-hmm. everybody knew where LeBron was going. I mean, everybody knew. Everybody yeah, yeah, outside, yeah, except saying. for the except for the naive fans in Philly, uh, everybody pretty much knew where he was going. So I just thought, I, I, I just thought I think, like, the whole Paul George situation was crazy because, like, everybody just made the assumption without recognizing that he, um, you know, got in the, the way these dudes are the these days, Jimmy. I'd I'd be naive to think that LeBron didn't text the ball and tell him. Where he was going, yeah. To try yeah, to make I, sure he was I going there. Like you people, coming through. People what underestimated. You people <laughs> people underestimated <laughs> his romance. My man went out there and fell in love with Westbrook, and was like, "I'm not leaving him." Like, yo, know, even even on Westbrook put up the 2020. Like, I think that uh, Paul George was like tweeting more about it than like Westbrook. Like, he yeah, he said he's incredible. He said he said he's incredible. Yo, he tweeted about Westbrook far every it. game. I'm like, dog. They about to be like franchising cat. <laughs> he yo, don't they the new, yo, that's it. That's oh, it right God. there, dog. <laughs> they, they the new franchising cat, cuz. 
Yo, because I'm not going to hold you. Westbrook, Westbrook, Westbrook does the same thing with Paul George. Like, he literally went on a rant. I don't know if you guys saw it a couple weeks he ago. He was the reason Paul George Paul. made the All-Star, made something last season. He season. said that Paul George is the best defensive player in the league. Just like all these people they put in the best defensive. He said they can't play defense. Paul George plays defense. Like he was, and the thing he is, like he already they, signed. So why are you still blumpkin in him? Yeah, they, they sit back and give each other blumpkins all week long. So I think, Dev, you hit the nail on the head. They definitely the new uh the new cat and um franchise. Hey, hey Rob, man, thanks for your call, man. We appreciate hey, it. We gotta hey, get out right, of here. We holler at you next week. Hey, all right, hey, 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 can I say one thing? Can, can I say one thing? Hurry up, man. Go ahead. All right, uh, 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 all right, j- j- just a quick last word. Um, I know uh, a lot of people, you know, want to stay confused right now, but on the West Coast. Uh, people have to look at the eyes of gentrification. Now they're trying to rename his his uh, his street. It says Slauson, rename it Nipsey uh, uh, Hustle Way, which I don't think is good because it's just another way of gentrification. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, it's a glamorous spot in L.A. Kershaw District is one of the last districts, uh, black dist- black districts that we really have in L.A. as predominantly black people that got like million-dollar houses. Paul, uh, Paul, for black people, you know, come over here, you know. Uh, so, so, so keep. So I, I say to all entrepreneurs out there, keep investing in your neighborhood, keep investing in technology. He was a, he was really trying to do like a real STEM program to, to help young black entrepreneurs and teach them and teach them more about uh, math, math, decoding stuff like that. So yeah, keep investing in your community. Don't give back to the community. You know what I'm saying? You can give back. You you know you can give back to your mama for helping you and raising you. But invest in your community, invest in the hood, buy the block, you bought that shopping center. And yeah, that, that that's all I gotta say. Um All right. Good looking out, man. We holler at you next right, week. Bro. All right, bro. All right, homie. Uh, I don't know where the hell B Austin went. Um Yeah, so yeah, let's let's have with this let's have to finish it off with this NBA talk yeah. real quick. Yeah, yeah, we got about ten minutes. Let's talk about a couple of topics before we get out of here in NBA raps. Listen, man, digital stream technology is how you get a custom website. you got to go visit. They have been supporting us since day one. You can find them at digitalextremetech.com or 267-205-4203. Make sure you tell them that you heard from us, digitalextremetech.com, and thank them for their support of the war room. It's time to talk about some basketball. Yes, and sir. Shout out to uh, Skyview because he said something in there about Curtis Blow used to be the uh, top rapper. <clears throat> this is I don't true. Know exactly we've come a long what way. We were, <laughs> we've definitely come a long way. George Mikey used to be the best center. Anyway, um, <laughs> Andre Drummond and Dame Lillard are the players of the week. Skyview also like saying like everybody, he just don't like this dude. Dang, people be hating Russ, man. All right, yeah, so <laughs> Dre Drummond, Dame Lillard. Uh, let me get their stats real quick. Uh, yeah, at the end of the season, it seemed like the people who vote the players of the week, they just start getting lazy. Um, but 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 Drummond, see, this could, this this goes back to your question about Zion. Like, if he's doing this type of stuff, you still have to take notice. And this week, Dre Drummond averaged 17.7 points per game, but he also averaged 18 rebounds, 3.6 blocks. And the Detroit Pistons, who 
should be playoff bound because um, they're currently sitting in that sixth seed. They went two and one for the week. Dame Willard, Willard, Dame Lillard dropped twenty five point three points per game, seven point three assists, five point eight rebounds, and the Portland Trailblazers, um, without their big man, uh, went three and one this past week. Uh, speaking of that, man, I, I really felt sorry for Damon when they lost uh, the big man out there. But um, yeah. he's always having to that battle was, through was, some, was, some adversity, man. And that was tough. That was a watch. You don't even expect that, though. You expect those injuries from them little skinny leg jumping bean type dudes. <laughs> Yo, another thing, man, speaking of that, speaking of, like, the Detroit, right, um, Blake Griffin is having having another fantastic season, and it's another one where it's like because he's not with CP3 and 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 just dunking over everybody in front of him, it's like I looked at the other day I was just having like well, I and I'm like oh Blake is having a good season and like I look at the stats I'm like damn I didn't realize my man is averaging twenty five eight six. Jim, like I I witnessed a conversation the other day where the dude was saying. Man, Zion ain't going to, you know, he was basically agreeing with Gilbert, and, and but but he went on to say Zion going to be like Blake Griffin. Like, like that was an insult. Like, he was That's insulting insult, Zion bro. by saying he's going to be a Blake Griffin. I'm like, yo, people, yo, Blake, once Blake Griffin Blake got that, that, that title, that label for being soft, people just totally ignores what this dude does on the court, man. Like Jimmy said, he's averaging yo. 25, 8, and, and 6. Almost six no, percent. Yeah. And we and people we, like we, Zion gonna be he gonna be a bust, he's gonna be a Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin <laughs> averages almost twenty three points a game for his career. Twenty three and yo, nine. Man, we take yo, we take shots at Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is three good seasons from being a Hall of Famer. Yo. Look at his number. He's three. <laughs> I don't even know. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, no, I, I agree with you, B, because the only reason he would need three is because he he's probably never going to win anything. If he won something, he'd be there already. Like Chris Bosh, in my opinion, is a lock, you know, because of the, the two championships with the little, you know, the, the time that he put in. If Blake Griffin has one championship in these in this, you know, nine-year run, I don't even know. If he, yo, I really be a lock. My man has ten, he has like ten seasons in already. And in ten seasons, and he's never averaged under a dub. Never, never averaged belief. You're right. Like, come on, man. People are using him as like Zion but being I'm, a buck. I'm, I'm being I, like I, again. It's me being objective again. Even I forgot. Like, because I, I don't <laughs> watch Pistons basketball. Like when he played right. for the Clippers, and 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 CP3 was like setting his dinner up real nice, and, and DeAndre was dunking <laughs> over everybody. That was exciting <laughs> to watch. That was musty like, TV. I don't cut on. Yeah, I don't generally cut on Pistons basketball, but like when they play the Sixers or something, like I'll see it and be like, "Yo, this ball." They play the Sixers every yeah. two weeks, but it's like, "Yo, this yeah. ball." They, they like I call them bi-weekly games. Like it seems like Remember, they play six times this season. He gave the Sixers a fifty spot earlier in the season. Yes, yeah, he definitely like, got the stick. I think that I think overall career-wise and this season, like I don't, I just un, like the boys underrated at this point. Like yeah, he's definitely he's crazy. Underrated. And and he and remember I think we did a versus with Blake Griffin and Sean Kemp, and he has a better yo, career. Blake might be about to say. I mean, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp was a part of more winning. He didn't win a chip, but he was a part of going farther in teams that were bigger threats than Blake Griffin. So I think at this point, that's the only reason it's a comparison. 
but hold on. Let me ask you a Kemp was that dude at one point, but Kemp never put these kind of numbers up. Never. Yo, Kemp, Kemp and them had a couple. They had a run, right? So they had a quick run. Like to me, when I when I think about Sean Kemp, and I gotta go back and check this. I know they had the run when they played the Bulls, but like I don't remember him having sustained this over like even five years, like a three-year run where they were like contenders. But right. the Clippers were supposed to be contenders too. I don't know how how far did they actually make it with Blake and uh, CP5. See, like, that's the thing. They were supposed they to be, but they kept busting. They kept flaming out. Second, where, second round. Where, I'm gonna keep it. I'll give you. I'll give you a fact. Uh, a, a fact. We we. I I believe this to be fact. Sean Kemp's best season statistically was after he stopped leaving the earth for long periods of time. It was after that. His but let, me, let me tell you one thing. We talk about scoring. We said Blake has never had a season where he averaged less than 20 points a game. Sean Kemp only averaged 20 points a game one time. One yeah. time. See, and that was the year prior to him getting fat. This was 98-99. Remember 99-2000 when they had the lockout, Sean Kemp came back like he didn't exercise one time during the lockout. Like he thought basketball was never coming back. And then they just called well, him like, yo, you got all, a job. <laughs> like career wise, Blake Griffin's at two. Sean Kemp came back looking like the six ten me. <laughs> Rebounds. Um, Blake Griffin's at nine. Sean Kemp at eight point four. A silver game. Blake Griffin four point five. Sean Kemp at one point six. Um, blocks are about even. No, I'm just saying steals is about even. Blocks is uh Blake Griffin zero point five. Sean Kemp one point two. I mean Blake in pretty much every category. All star. One thing I will um, say, Jim. Mm-hmm. Even even though Blake has the numbers career wise, I think Sean Kemp I would say Sean Kemp was a better rebounder. But mm-hmm. you know, Sean Kemp had those later years when he played a bunch of games and didn't do a damn thing in them. So that really took his, his, his numbers down. But mm-hmm. I, I would say Sean Kemp just from the eye test was a better rebounder than Blake Griffin, but that's about also, it. Also, just to give more context to this, uh, Blake Griffin has um, superior stats even in the playoffs. Like, playoffs. His playoffs. <laughs> yeah, his, 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 yeah, his playoffs. Yeah, even his playoff numbers are better. Yeah, I, I, I think that people recall, like you said, the label of him being soft. But the other thing that Blake does, yo, Blake works on his game. Blake works on his game to a fault because he learned he how worked, to dribble. He works on it during the games, though. He, and he, he won't stop dribbling. Shout out to Dr. Beck. Like, he just – he yeah. will work. He's a dribbler. Now he's a three-point shooter. When he came in the league, he couldn't shoot a free throw. Yeah, so I just, now, I just wanted to bring – because, I, like, there's, there's certain players like just – like Dev earlier brought up um, Buddy Hill. We talked about DeAndre Ayton. There's a lot of good basketball players. So, and that's another thing about LeBron. Like, LeBron takes – so much of our energy and attention, even when he's losing, the top thing we talked about. It's <laughs> pretty crazy. But if you get beyond that, there's a, there's a lot of guys who are like playing extremely well this season who don't get any like sort of recognition. So hey, B. You know, Casey Mack like, said to you when you said LeBron was a stat stuffer, he said Russell Westbrook is a very close second as far as stat stuffing. I still think that's an unfair label for Bull, man. Because when he gets triple doubles, they win. And I, that's not me comparing him to LeBron, because I'm not calling LeBron a stat stuffer. But the fact that people call Russell Westbrook a stat stuffer, I don't like. When he doesn't get those numbers, that team struggles. They don't. They don't win. So it's like, 
That's what I'm saying. So how is that think, that stuffing? Why, why does anybody think? Why does anybody think Russell's doing this to win? He doesn't understand the definition of fat stuffing. Yeah, fat stuffing. Go ahead, Jim. All I was going to say is I don't think either one of them are stat stuffers, but if you wanted to make the yeah. argument about, like, which one would be more, it probably wouldn't even be Brian. It would probably be Westbrook, and that's only because of some of the rebounds that his teammates admitted. Like, part of their system is to let him do, right? So, but even even in saying that, they said it's part of their system. So, um, to get him to get the ball in his hands and move the ball as fast as possible. So, I mean, right. I don't think either one of them are. When but I, when but I even that, stuff, I, I, I still think is an overrated notion because I still – you watch their games. He goes to get a lot of rebounds. You know, he might get, a, you know, two or three gifted to him every game so they can run the fast break, and then people see the little videos they make it at, and then they go run with it. Like, he gets every rebound that way or something. Like, watch a yo. game. This dude goes and gets the rock. Like, yo, but, 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 boy, so yo, boy he, cut, he, cut, he cut from an AI cloth uh, in terms of his intensity and what he lays on the line. So I kind of take offense to the notion that someone sees him as a stat stuffer because, as you said, if he doesn't do it, nobody else will. And when you take Paul George out of that lineup, Adam Morrison will have a 20-12 and 12 game. And Adam Morrison, or not Adam Morrison, the uh, big oh, boy that looked like Oh, you're talking about the boy that looked like Aquaman. Aquaman, yeah. yeah. Aquaman, say, uh, Aquaman, Aquaman, <laughs> Aquaman 22 Adam and 12. Tim. Yeah, and then he'll go four and six. So he's inconsistent. Now name somebody on their roster other than Rob Robertson, the boy that can't shoot, that plays D. He makes $80 million to be injured. Like, they don't B, have any my, my, B. My son just said Stephen Adams. He, he corrects us on all the stuff that we. He's smart as I am. But he's my he's my he's my ESPN research team. I asked him. I was like, what's, what's the uh, Thunder Center name? Stephen Adams. Okay, thank you. Yo, my, um, my, when I think when I think of suffering, only person the first person that comes to me is uh is Kevin Love, um who taps rebound checks to get his rebound numbers. That's the stat suffering. That's what I'm saying. With LeBron, I don't even think LeBron is a stat stuffer. I just think it's that easy for him. So even in a terrible game, LeBron's numbers is going to is definitely going to give people a reason to say, "Well, how is he getting this, this, and that if he had a bad game?" Kind of the same way Jimmy was like, "Look, he's averaging 28, eight and eight, so he's not the problem." Like LeBron has played terribly a lot this season, but LeBron terribly. is that good that him playing terribly. He's still gonna he's still gonna shoot well when he plays terribly. I think when you say LeBron had a terrible game, it, it, it has a lot to do with defensive effort. It has a lot to do with decision making. Yeah, I'll give you that. But dude, I'll, it's I'll just too that. easy. He gonna get his numbers. But what I'm saying is like people try to compare him like he's falling off or he's like where like Kobe was at this time, and that's just not true. Like LeBron is still amongst the top five players in the league. Um, nah, no, listen, Jimmy. I still would go fully healthy. I would say he's the best player in the league, but I also would still say that he has created an environment. I buy into uh, emo emo bull's assessment of the toxicity around LeBron. Like I think there's toxicity yeah, says, around says, says him. The guy, says, says the guy who signed with another team before his current team starts the playoffs. Yo, but that doesn't. Yo, that's that's. Jimmy treating ball. Jimmy treating ball like a like a prosecutor. 
He's going to discredit everything because of who no. he is. Like, no, nah, what he's saying, of, right? That doesn't mean it's not right. The same way people doing to Gilbert. Is. Like, I ain't taking Gilbert yo, really seriously. Yo, we got to get out of here, though. Thank you, thank you everybody, for joining us. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter. Shout out to everybody um, who got through on the line. Those who came to, we apologize. Remember, uh, check back with us next week. Also, check out our past episodes, um, you know, on the app or as well as our website, our hub, where you can find everything. You can find everything we do, like I said, on that hub, our Facebook, Twitter links, YouTube, blogs, everything. That hub is warmsports.com. You can pick up my book also at sportsthebook.com or the hub of warmsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war of ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.